I'm going to continue now by looking at John 20 with you today, which is an amazing passage, just like all of John's chapters. But something so exquisite, so wonderful happens in this passage. It's like the moment in an adventure story when you are sat on the edge of your seat, knowing this can't be the end. Something has just has got to happen. Surely that's not the end of the hero of the story. Imagine a scene as if it was the movers. The baddie has been causing havoc and misery to everyone. The baddie is doing everything they can to be the one who is the king, the ruler over everyone and everything. He wants everyone to be locked, locked up in his world so that he has the ultimate control. He fights dirty, he kills, he steals and destroys anything to get the upper hand. Then the hero comes along. He stands for all that is good. He's generous. He's standing for justice, defending the weak. He loves those that the society forgets and ignores. The baddie is losing his grip on all that he is controlling as the hero sets people free. And the only way he knows how to gain back that control is to kill the hero. If this story was a movie, it would be the moment in the movie when it all looks like all is lost. The one we thought would win breathes his final breath. Is this really the end? It looks like the baddie has won. He is celebrating his victory, planning on how he's going to take over the world. Can you imagine what the followers are thinking now? They're all hiding for their lives. The one who promised a better future with him as leader is now in the depths of the grave. Everyone is sad, in fear, hiding, thinking this is the end. It is the darkest moment in history. Then there is this ray of shining sunshine coming from behind the darkened clouds, shining its light on everything. Lost hopes, lost dreams on the grave. The hero rises from the dead, walks right out of that grave, walks up to the baddie, standing tall, takes back his stolen position of authority. The champion of heaven is alive and he wins. Philippians 2 verse 8 to 11 says this, And being found in the appearance of a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. Jesus has won. The victory belongs to the Lord God Almighty. He is exalted to the highest place. So let me read some of John to you. In that moment when they find the tomb is empty from verse 1. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So, he came running to, so she came running to Simon Peter and other disciples, the one Jesus loved, and said that they have taken the Lord out of the tomb and we don't know where they have put him. 
So Peter and the other disciples started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of the linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciples who had reached the tomb first also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from scripture that Jesus had to rise from the grave. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. Now from verse 17 where Jesus says to Mary Magdalene who is so excited that Jesus is alive. He says, do not hold on to me for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father, your Father, to my God, your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news. I have seen the Lord and he has told them that he is risen and these are the things that he said. Verse 19, on the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he had said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Jesus, the champion of heaven, has been risen from the grave. The tomb is empty. He has now been exalted to the highest position, given the name that is above every name. And at his name, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue will acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. It is this Jesus Christ who now breathes his power and presence unto his followers and sends them in the way the Father has sent him. Verse 21, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father sent me, I am sending you. Jesus breathes on us in the same way and sends us in the same way. You are sent into this world. Every time you wake up in the morning, you are sent into this world again to put on display to the world the love of God. Paul in Philippians 1.21, he says, he would rather depart to be with Christ Jesus, which is better for him, but it is better for everyone else that he remains to continue to do the works that Jesus did. Do you know how precious your life is? You were created with love in mind and created with a purpose to put Christ's love on display. Do you know what it feels like to do what you were created to do? You will not find anything more fulfilling, more life-giving, more joy-filling than fulfilling your purpose to put Christ's love on display. Doing the works that Jesus did with him 
full of his spirit. The spirit is not just some vague, mysterious, far-off thing. The spirit is the living, breathing power and person of God. The spirit is God himself who says he will come and live with us if we let him, if we ask him to. Ask him to fill us with the Holy Spirit and then he sends us in the same way that he sent Jesus to break down those dividing walls so that people can have a relationship with the Father. So we can stand for justice, help those that are being despised and rejected. To show people how much God loves them. Jesus fills us with his Spirit so that we can do all of those things. So that you can stand for justice. So that you can love those who are lonely, rejected and despised. He anoints you with his power and presence so that everything that you do shows how much God loves those around you. There are so many ways we can do that. Using the giftings and opportunities that come your way. But one of the things that I believe God is calling us together as King's Church to do is to partner with him to pray for the one. Praying for the one who is far off. I have already been hearing some great things from people in, in the church who have already started praying for the one. And there is a story in the Gospel of Matthew and Luke that describes Jesus like the shepherd who leaves his 99 sheep in order to go after the one that is lost. And how the shepherd rejoices when he finds that one lost sheep. Jesus says that there is, there is so much rejoicing in heaven over one person who turns their life from living outside of a relationship with him. All of heaven is waiting to rejoice. They are eagerly waiting for the ones in our lives to come to know him. We are strategically placed in their lives so that we can be a witness to them and pray for them. God's Holy Spirit helps us to put his love on display to the one and he helps us in how to pray for the one. When we pray, we can ask the Holy Spirit to come to speak to us, to speak through us to lead us in how we can pray for those he lays on our hearts to pray for. To lead us in how we can express to those around us how much God loves them. We can ask the Holy Spirit to be with our friends and family and colleagues, the ones we are praying for, to rest on them and give them wisdom, understanding and counsel in these times of uncertainty. To help to heal and restore them, even though they don't yet know him. The enemy is still up to his tricks, still trying to take control by stealing, killing and destroying. And even though Jesus is seated on his throne and given the name that is above every name, we have been commissioned by Jesus to take back that control which now belongs to Jesus. Prayer is our powerful weapon against the schemes of the enemy. Let's take up our mandate to pray for at least one person who does not know Jesus as their Lord and Saviour. How do we pray for the one? Right, I'm going to get practical with you now. First, ask the Holy Spirit to show you who he would like you to commit to praying for to come to know him. 
What name is it that comes to your mind when you ask the Holy Spirit to show you who you should commit to praying for? Make that commitment with the Holy Spirit to pray for that person every day. Write their name down as a, a sign of that commitment. So what do you pray? The kinds of things you can pray for is for their protection, God's provision, for God's love and peace, to be healed and restored. Ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you about anything specific about them to pray for. It could be things about their job or their family, their finances or their physical or mental health. Pray that they will come to the knowledge of how much God loves them, that the Holy Spirit will come and rest on them, giving them wisdom, joy, peace, understanding and counsel. Our Heavenly Father never forces himself on us, but he gently wins us by his love. So our praying blessing and peace is a sure way for people to encounter God and his love for them. Ask the Holy Spirit to lead you in what you could do or what you should say. Pray for as little or as long as you feel able. Some days you may have more time than others to pray for that person. The main thing is to remember to pray for them. Maybe you could put a reminder to pray for that person by writing their name somewhere you go to every day. Could that be on a bookmark in your Bible? a post-it note on the fridge, in your cabinet where you keep your toothpaste. Whatever it takes to make that commitment, to help you to remember, to keep that commitment. Jesus wants our lives to be fruitful and that is why we have the Holy Spirit. If you have never asked to be baptised in the Holy Spirit and you want someone to pray with you, then contact your Zoom Connect leader, a friend in the church, to stand with you and pray with you to be filled with the anointing and power of the Holy Spirit. Let's take a moment now and ask the Holy Spirit to show you someone that you can pray for. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would speak to everyone who is up for partnering with you in praying for the one to come to know you. That right now, by your spirit, you will whisper into their hearts a name. Amen. Would you let us know any stories about how you get on with praying for the one? I would love to hear from you. Now I'm praying for you and your one, that you will get to rejoice with all of heaven's angels when your one enters into a loving relationship with God. Like Jesus who leaves the 99 to go after the one, let's be those that devote a moment each day and every day to pray for the one. God bless you.